Today is either A, a big surprise, or B, precisely what was predicted at the last time we went to the polls. Namely, Aaron O'Toole said, this is what's going to happen. It's going to get one government. They're going to get the liberals and the NDP, you know, shacking up together. Oh, except for, except for, remember, it's not a coalition. And here I read from the Canadian press, uh, the ninth news watch, which has uh, come out just recently. This is what the Canadian press uh, how it describes the uh, events of today so far. They are not forming a coalition, but the Liberals and New Democrats have agreed on a deal that will see the NDP support Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's minority government through to 2025. The Prime Minister says Canadians need a government that can function with predictability and stability given by the given the upheaval caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Here's what the Prime Minister said this morning. Both parties have identified key policy areas where we share similar objectives. And we've agreed to work together to put the needs and interests of Canadians first. This agreement is not about compromising the core beliefs of either of our parties or denying the differences between us. What it is about is making sure that those differences don't stand in the way of delivering for Canadians. All right, and then after the Prime Minister spoke, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, also spoke. He talked about, you know, how do you know that the Liberals are going to do anything that they're promising? If they fall short on what we've agreed to, then then the, the deal doesn't continue. Uh, that's why we've got this deal in front of us. If they don't deliver on what we have fought for, if they don't deliver on what Canadians need right now, then they have not held up their side of the bargain. Uh, but I'm going into this um, with with a strong conviction that we can get this done. And let's go to the interim leader of the Conservatives. Here's Candace Bergen's take. This deal means that Canadians have woken up to, an, in essence, an NDP Liberal majority government. And I think we have to let that sink in. This is an NDP Liberal government, and they have the majority. 82% of voters did not vote for a Liberal NDP government, in including millions of Liberal voters. These Canadians woke up this morning to the fact that they have been hoodwinked and they've been deceived by their Prime Minister. Been deceived, you've been duped, outwitted, swindled, bamboozled, shafted, snookered, taken to the cleaners, taken for a ride, led up the garden path. My next guest is a longtime NDP strategist and a political commentator, Tom Parkin. Welcome to the program. Great to talk to you. Good to see you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. The conventional wisdom is the junior partner in any kind of deal like this suffers the next time we go to the polls. Is there a risk here for the NDP? Of course, there's a risk. You never know how things are going to work out, right? Well, what's that phrase? You know, it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. We don't know how this will play out. What we do know is that this uh, gives a really great chance that we're going to see a dental program so that even just by the end of this year, if you're a modest income family and you have kids under 12, you'll be able to take your kids to the dentist and you won't have to pay for it out of pocket. That's, that's a big step ahead. And then that program gets expanded over the next number of years. So that's, that's a huge win for Canadians. It's a huge win for Canadians that we're going to start on a pharmacare plan. Uh, to ensure that the, what this deal talks about is essentials. So it sounds like they're maybe starting with a kind of narrow group of drugs that will be offered on a public formulary. But 
hopefully growing over time. But even that, big step forward. Uh, there's important pieces about housing in here. There's important commitments on climate change in here. Uh, there's important pieces in here about worker protections and about um, some other kind of mundane things like making it easier to, for, to go vote on election day. So there's a lot of stuff that's being negotiated here. And, you know, of course, the Liberals could have done any of these things if they'd wished. They're, they're the government and uh, they could have put these bills forward, um, knowing that the NDP would support them. But I think rather, you know, the way to understand this is not so much, as Mr. Trudeau said, that these are shared priorities, but rather that Mr. Singh was able to negotiate a pretty pretty decent deal for Canadians. And uh, whether, whether Canadians at the end of this process, Alan, uh, give the credit to the Liberals or to the Democrats and Mr. Singh, well, now that, that we'll just watch how that plays out. One of the, the main criticisms uh, from the Conservatives and from from fiscal conservatives will be we're, we're at a point we have a lot of money sloshing around there because uh, of government bailout and we can argue you know whether that was targeted enough or not but there's a lot of money out there sloshing around mm-hmm. and what we're proposing here is spending a lot more money at a point when uh, even as some critics have suggested that Canada's blown right past any kind of fiscal guardrail how would you react to that? Well, we have uh, we have a lot of resources that would be available to the government of Canada to do things like the dental program. Um, that really it, it chooses not to, and, and and specifically, I'm talking about you know taxes on wealth, of the wealthiest in our society. That our corporate taxes also went down dramatically. The Liberals did uh, commit to increase them for banks and insurance companies from 15% to 18%, and that will net about 1.2 billion dollars a year. Uh, and that's implemented if it, if they keep up that promise. But that's also in the deal uh, that they do this. So, you know, there are sources of revenue. We've given a lot of tax breaks over many years and starved healthcare and other programs. Um, but, you know, it, it, Alan, it's, if you're a, a family and you can't, you know, you have to worry or, or ration or not go to the dentist uh, for your kids. Um, what's, what's the impact of that? What's the impact of uh, people who can't afford medicines, um, you know, c- cutting their pills in half or going alternate days without? Uh, you know, these have huge impacts on people's lives. And I predict that uh, a lot of people are, are breathing some relief because they know that some good things are going to start to happen after a lot of time of, of not happening. Can we financially afford it is really your question. And I think the answer is resoundingly yes, if we if we choose to do that. And keeping in mind, of course, that Pharmacare is a program that saves money because a public Pharmacare program uh, would, uh, by most estimates, save in the billions of dollars uh, because these are programs that are currently run by provinces, in some cases, for some people. Uh, and um, for many of us, it's covered in our work contract where uh, our employer is paying, paying that premium to private drug companies. So there's huge savings uh, on one side and, uh, and a much smaller cost to the federal government on the other. So it's, it's uh, you know, unbelievable to me that we, we couldn't move ahead on pharmacare, given that it's good for Canadians' health and it's good financially, it saves money. Um, but you know, the drug industry and the insurance industry are powerful, powerful lobbies. And, you know, some people are afraid to go up against that. Tom, great to talk to you. I really appreciate your perspective. Please be well. Okay, you too. Take care, Alan. 
That's Tom Parkin, political commentator, longtime NDP strategist. I, I wonder what your takeaway from all of this is. I think one of the big things here, and and as Tom rightly points out, the toughest thing to f- predict is the future. And and I, I bungle that quote. But I, I really, to me, this just says Trudeau's not going to run again. I mean, maybe he does again. This gives him an opportunity with, you know, with the government, secure, you know, no confidence votes, not worrying about the government coming down. This is not what's afforded to minority leaders very often.